<laughs> Welcome to <laughs> Shit Town. <laughs> okay. Welcome back to another episode of Just Another Bozo on the Bus. I'm your host, Paul Randack, and uh, we're here uh, today with... Zach. Zach. A.K.A. Shoddy. <laughs> A.K.A. Shoddy. And... Sarah Robotham. Sarah Robotham. You're getting better and better. I know. I, I say it. I practice it. I've practice so much in the mirror. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no practice in the mirror. <laughs> uh, we we were uh, we are doing a, a shortened, uh, not a shortened. Uh, uh, we're doing a roundtable today, a bozo roundtable, but we're missing one participant. So uh, this is our moment to. Uh, it's going to be condensed. To be con- no, no. We're we're going to go. As long as we need to. Okay. <laughs> anyway, um, thank you for joining us today, all my Bozo friends and uh, listeners out there. We're glad to have you. Um, we've got a couple topics we want to talk about today. Um, and jokingly, I thought we'd start off with, uh, you know, uh, taking your first date to Home Depot. <laughs> I think it's a great place. <laughs> for popcorn place. and educational videos on, you know, uh, how to do. <laughs> or do it yourself, sorry. I think Costco's a great you know, place as D, well. That's DIY, right? Sam's Costco, Club. you get all the samples. Yeah. Sam's Club or Costco, Sam's yeah, you get Club's all the great. samples. You can watch like a part of a movie on the TV's display. That's true. The that's same true. part. Costco you can, samples. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can go uh, lounge on a couch for a little bit, you know, snuggle. I don't know. Pe- yeah. People, don't, people watch. And people watch. And people watch. You can definitely do that. Okay. <laughs> All right. So that, that's really not one of the topics. We have a, a, a number of things we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about the cost-benefit analysis of relapse or lapsing. Um, we're going to talk about honesty with self. Uh, maybe New Year's resolutions, even though that word really needs to go probably out and use new. We'll talk about New Year in, New Year's intentions. And then uh, maybe we'll just, uh, Sarah and I will at least talk about our mindfulness challenge we had put together on the last Bozo cast with uh, Brent and Brady, who are still over in Hawaii. Um, but we're grateful that Shadi is uh, with us today. So Mahalo, Brent well, and Brady. Mahalo, Brent and Brady. <laughs> Aloha. All right. So um, where would you guys like to start today? Do you, you want to, you want to, should we update our challenge? Uh how we're doing on that? Yeah, we can give a quick little let's briefing us, on that. Let's, let's give a synopsis. You, why don't you start? Got me to go first? Yeah. Uh, so for those of you who do not remember, we gave each other a challenge, uh, some, home, some homework, on being mindful with the following things. Brushing your teeth. Yes. Driving. Yes. Eating slash cooking. Yes. Um, and conversations or communication. Communication. Yes. So I have had some good and bad come from that. I wouldn't say bad come from it, but I haven't been mindful. It's interesting what I've been able to be more mindful about um, than others. So what I thought would be one of the easiest was the brushing the teeth mm-hmm. and the eating. Mm-hmm. I thought those would be the easiest to be mindful about. Um, brushing the teeth has been. Mm-hmm. And this means, of course, I was always brushing my teeth. I was mindful about doing it twice a day or mm-hmm. more. But it's the point of I'm sitting there and I'm thinking about it and I'm not rushing through it, doing mm-hmm. it while I'm, you know, doing something else and getting ready or hopping in the shower, you know, just really just taking my time to brush my teeth and have that be a moment. And that one has been pretty easy and it's felt good to just slow it down a little bit. 
the eating I have not been good about being mindful. <laughs> and every time I stop somewhere and get food mm. and I am like slamming it in the car or something, I think about the fact that I'm not being mindful, but I still do it because I'm in the moment. I'm the same way. Yeah. And I haven't been cooking for myself that much lately. And so, yeah, the food thing for me has not, I've still been kind of cramming to get mealtime in. I've tried to be mindful in moments where I know I'm going to sit down and have dinner. I went mm-hmm. with friends to Copper Kitchen a couple nights ago, and we mm-hmm. got some really good starters and things. And I, when I'm in that type of place where I have the time, mm-hmm. then it does you know, pop into my mind to be mindful and to enjoy it. And I was able to do that. But I would say on a regular day-to-day basis, I have mm-hmm. not, I've not been doing great with that one. Um, and the driving is hit or miss. I have been trying to be more mindful and I find it easier when the weather's bad. We've had a lot of snow yet yeah, in Salt Lake right. this past couple of weeks, so it's important to be mindful about driving. Exactly. I mean I'm sitting there at when I go to work at six AM and it's snowing and the roads are icy and you bet your ass I'm being mindful. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> when it's really bad, do you ever turn the volume all the way off so you yep. can like yep. see better? Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I do. And feel if, the road. Yeah. yeah. Feel if the, the weather is bad enough, I have to have silence All the, the time. Car. Yeah. yeah. It's weird. Yeah. Um, but there's been moments where I'm kind of in a rush and I find myself just trying to get there, switching lanes kind of quick, um, getting road rage, which is one of my big challenges in life. I used to get the so, worst. But now I haven't had an episode. Yeah, I think you and I have talked years. about this before. Yeah. About, yeah. Well, I'm also from Miami. Yeah. And it's a different <laughs> world, but not so much in Salt Lake. It's bad too, but I just brush it off now. A lot less stress. It does. A ton less stress. Yeah. When I allow myself, if someone cuts me off or something, to just take a deep breath and go, eh. It not, is what it is. Not a big deal. Forget about it. Exactly. It, I used to it let changes it my whole day. Ruin my day. Yeah, exactly. Ruin it. Yeah. Forget about it. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then the one I thought was going to be the hardest was communication. Mm. And I don't know if you remember, but um, as we talked about it and brought that one, that was the last one we brought up that we were going to challenge each other on. And uh, Brady, who was on the group podcast last time, was very, very concerned about that one, thinking it was going to be borderline mm-hmm. impossible to be mindful mm-hmm. during communication and everything. And for me, that has been one of the easiest, which I find interesting. And what I'm trying to decide is, so I've basically been, when I've had communication with people, whether that be at work or with family or with friends... I've already gotten better about being mindful, I think, since getting sober and going through, maybe not even getting sober as far as just kind of going through recovery, uh, going to like refuge recovery, which has taught me a lot about mindfulness. So I've already, I think, it's been easier for me in general to be mindful and just to be honest and say what I mean. But another part of that, I think, has been the people I've been communicating with. Mm-hmm. I feel like I can be honest and vulnerable with the people in my life right now, which I don't know if that's always been the case, if I've surrounded myself pe- mm-hmm. with people that I feel comfortable doing that with. Um, but I've had some really good conversations with, I mean, kind of all across the board people. I mean, I went to lunch with my director at work yesterday. We were going over some goal setting for next year for me. Mm-hmm. And between 
the professional part of the conversation and then just even we talked about we talked about drinking we talked about alcohol which she knows I'm in recovery and everything but we kind of talked about that and it was just so cool to just be so thoughtful behind everything I was saying and just feel like I could just be honest and not have to hold back or twist words um which I think I I was pretty good at doing in the past to kind of please people. Pretty <laughs> There's good. Wait, come on. It was, okay, I was professional. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I was fair. And I can uh, twist my words around a little bit. Yeah. Okay. And so I think one of the reasons it's been easier for me is I lived so many years of my life as such a people pleaser that even though my conversations and communication maybe came across to others in a good way, mm-hmm. I wasn't being authentic or mindful of mm. what I was saying because I was trying to play a, a, a role or a part to make others feel better about, not even themselves, but just the situation or make myself look better or whatever it may be. doesn't mean I was always dishonest. It's just, I think it was, I just wasn't being completely authentically me Mm -hmm. that's always a good word yes i wasn't living up to really what i felt what i'm hearing you say i wasn't living up to what my consider my my core values exactly and and i've been really focusing on that since our last since our last uh, group podcast and it's going really well it just makes me feel better every day just knowing that i can have those conversations communicate with people in a way that I'm not holding back or giving too much. I'm just being me and it's just flows and it's just Mm -hmm. makes everything easier and feel more real. Cool. Yeah. Cool. So those are my updates. Paul, let's hear you. Uh, I'll give you just a brief, a brief one. Um, Well, first of all, um, the mindfulness, uh, well, I'm going to start with eating because if you were mentioning that was a difficult one and it comes and goes yeah. there there i would say about half the time i'm very present and aware and uh, taking it slow part of it is also uh, i've had the ability to feel mm, maybe some natural indications to want to do that even beyond just the idea of the intention of this challenge and challenge I always wonder is that the best word to talk about mindfulness of it true um, <laughs> that's another story so uh, because of some um, you know uh, dental issues I've, I've been dealing with lately so being aware and, and mindful of my eating has been easier um, and I had uh, and I had surgery oral surgery yesterday so hopefully that that it will continue I can tell you, the first meal I ate afterwards yesterday was very mindful. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> anyway, um, driving, partly because of the weather, it's it's become much easier. Uh, I notice that if I start the day off and I'm leaving, and if it enters my mind as I'm in the driveway and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm backing out, and then I go forward and I'm a, I'm a mindful intention, I'm in a much different place all the way through that that experience and then through the day because it keeps coming back to me. If I just am an automatic and just in my old schema, I notice the day I'm not aware of it, even though I, I don't do a lot of driving. Um, brushing the teeth, that's an easy one. Again, dental issues, so I'm, con- <laughs> I'm aware of that while I'm brushing my teeth. Um, especially this morning when I had an area that there were less teeth in my mouth. So um, it definitely was 
was uh, very aware of that and thought about that. But that's an easy that's an easy one too. And communication, especially with the holidays, um, I've noticed that I've been taking that practice. And I had talked with with my partner Kristen about this, and um, I know that she kind of just in the back of her mind a little bit had also. Um, said that she was going to work on that one too. And so we kind of talked a little bit about it here and there. And there's definitely, I notice a difference um, in the way I'm communicating. And then there are other times I'm just, I had surgery a couple weeks ago. Um, yeah, besides the, the, the stuff yesterday, um, which kind of put me down for a few days. Um, and I noticed a uh, I was struggling with being mindfulness, practicing mindfulness in my communication, partly due to the pain. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm not a, a big user of, of narcotics, and not because I worry about, um, you know, uh, from an addiction point of view, but I just don't like the way they, they make me feel. Yeah, and me I also don't like what they do to my digestive system. So um, I got off of them within two days, even though the pain um, has lasted through then and even now. Um, it's a little bit, but it's it's at a you know a two or a three compared to a, an eight or nine where it was for the first week. Um, so anyway, I I feel that this has been a good start, a good challenge. Me too. Uh, I thought we should have added though for uh, for um, for Brady and, for, and Brent and whoever else is visiting them out there about mindfulness of um, being at the beach. You know, taking in nature. Mm -hmm. And I mean, of course, I'm assuming they're mindfully surfing because one needs to be mindful of their surfing to <laughs> surf well, usually, until you get into that Zen zone, that Zen state, right? Yeah. Where you just become one right. with the board, which is ultimately where you want to be. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And we can get their update when they get back. But I do think from communicating with them while they've been there, mm -hmm. there's been definitely some practice on at least a couple of those things. So they... It's a good place to practice mindfulness, if nothing else. Okay, Shadi, I guess you get to join us for the next few weeks on this one. Yep. <laughs> you, will you accept the challenge yeah, to be accept. mindful in those areas? All right. <laughs> okay. Um, shall we? Uh, let, well, let's move on to honesty with self. Um, and we've talked about honesty a lot on this this podcast, uh, the the Bozo Roundtable. Um, before, but I think honesty with self has some bearing into some of the, well, it has to do, it has some bearing upon our, our natural defense mechanisms that we have, which prevent us from always understanding or um, being aware of the how we deceit our, you know, ourselves, um, or are not under the um, Don Miguel Ruiz model, um, not being impeccable with ourselves or not being a particular word about ourselves are we because one of the premises of that of understanding impeccability is um, it's one thing to be dishonest with others but really that leads back to dishonesty with ourselves because anytime I know that I'm, I'm not being completely forthright and it, it, I'm not talking about just filtering or editing information um, but you know intentionally deceiving and I, I, I know that most of uh, most of the times that I'm not living again, this goes back to living by core values or core morals or um, core authentic self, uh, you know, our, 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 our core ethics that 
um, there is a level or a breaking down of actually there's a breaking down of that that honesty and that integrity um, and so let's open it up what, what do you guys think shoddy <laughs> it's to you shoddy <laughs> yes we get to talk about everything in here. personal honesty I mean I've been deceiving myself for the past couple months and like you said I abandoned my core values and um, I didn't really ever think of that I was deceiving myself but I guess that's a strong word but that's appropriate yeah, and, and I don't, the, the word deception, I mean, you, you can use a different word for it, but it's about not being honest with ourselves, really, that's, that's, what, that's what they're about. And often defense mechanisms kind of put up a screen or a filter so that we don't have to see information we don't want to look at, right? And I, I always think there's a little smoke and mirror action going on there. But we look, we, something happens and we don't want to really look at it. So that's why I think I say self-deception. Yeah, not I mean, to, not to smack you on the side of the head with that or anything like that. That's not what that was not my intention. Yeah. Uh, I had some thoughts going back probably three or four months that I kind of knew were a red flag, but I deceived myself by not sharing it with anyone really, and uh, that led to that ended up being problematic. Yeah. Do you, Do you think that? When you were not sharing it, that you actually did know on some level, because I say because I'm not sharing this information because I know that I don't want people to know what I'm thinking, or is it? That's difficult to say because I I did want people to know, and I did. I told some people, but. I didn't get the. I guess I deceived them by the way I presented it. You mean you didn't tell the whole story? Yeah. <laughs> I think. So. Yeah, exactly. I the whole truth and nothing but the yeah, truth. Yeah, exactly. Okay. <laughs> so. Um, Wait, so you told just pieces of. Yeah. Kind of like how you were feeling about it, but maybe not. I guess your I, intention fr- I framed it. it as like a hypothetical rather right, okay, than. Yeah, that's what I thought you were saying. Yeah. I'm, I got a friend who's uh, struggling <laughs> with, uh, you know. Yeah. So. Well, I remember it being. It's just because you say that um, at the Halloween part or party get together I had in my house, and you were kind of talking about it there, even. Did I? Mm-hmm. Really? Um, just about how that one room would be well used. Oh for. my goodness! And it was very. High That's f- a I mean, subtle red red flag. Now that I look right, back at yeah, it, yeah. That's what made me think of it. Just popped into my head like this room would have been great to smoke weed in (laughs) it's a storage room just your new house no ventilation he's like this would be a great stoner room yeah first thought this would be a hot which of course at the time it's just and i'm sure you meant it innocently but now just looking back it's maybe those things because that would have been the time frame where those thoughts started kind of yeah popping into your head so that's that's i forgot about that (laughs) well thank god you have friends that will remind we have friends that will remind us of these things right yeah it's good stuff. It's good stuff. So, I mean, this is a, a great opportunity then to to, to talk about this. Um, the idea of, of self-deception or self-deceit, um, 
you know, or filtering out harmful, what maybe we consider harmful information, is, is, is a kind of a human trait. I mean, it's not anything new. I mean, we have natural defense mechanisms that are built in. Most of the time, when they're healthy, they help us survive, right? When they're unhealthy, they see, uh, they, they block us from taking in the reality or truth around us um, that would actually help us. And we, we block that out because it feels uncomfortable or in some way, yeah, I'm just going to stick with uncomfortable, um, but definitely difficult to, to see or hear things that we may not want to. So um, self-deception, I think, is it's something that everybody does. I mean, it's, you know, without, if, we, if confirmation bias wasn't an issue, most people wouldn't have self-deception. But anytime com- com- confirmation bias exists, which it does for everybody, um, there must be some level of self-deception because we don't want to simulate or take in and accommodate other information besides what's rattling around in our own little brain. And we want to just, you know, we want to avoid in, in taking that in. And I, there must be some level where it's happening, there, where there's an, in, an intentional blocking of that. So, I mean, it's easy to see in things like politics or religion or, you know, relational dynamics quite often, you know, especially if we want to play the victim, we can we can kind of understand that I want to take on a certain role and blame my feelings and thoughts or problems on somebody else. But in truth, ultimately, if I'm going to live a happy, joyous, free con- a life of contentment, then um, I've got to take accountability for everything, and that includes my self-deception. Yeah. As you're talking about that, it's and I, I talked about this a little the other night at our aftercare group, but do you ever feel like maybe I am deceiving myself but you don't think you are? Like, I don't feel like there's anything in me right now that I'm trying to hide or push down, but then I feel like things are really good right now, mm-hmm. and so I feel like I almost have to be full of shit. <laughs> Because, like... <laughs> Somewhere I must be full of shit. Yeah. I'm feeling good. I, I shouldn't feel good. And it's not that I don't think I should feel good, but I feel like I there has to be something that I'm kind of holding back or, you know, deceiving myself about a little bit, because that's just human nature, as we yeah. said. But if I kind of feel like I'm not doing that at all, does that really mean that I'm, I'm doing it? And I've been trying to dig that out the last couple of days. I've yet to have success on it, but I, I do feel sure. like maybe they're, um, and and maybe even some of it are just smaller things, mm-hmm. such as you just brought up, you know, which we'll talk about in a little bit, but yoga, asking how my yoga practice is going, which I have not been doing much of at all. Maybe it's little things like that that I'm kind of pushing back, like, oh, they, it's fine that I'm not, and mm-hmm. you know, and it, not saying that it's not, but well, maybe, it, maybe it, that's how I'm deceiving myself or just not doing some of those little things that do help me be my best self. And thinking, eh, I'm fine without it. And maybe that's that's a form of, maybe you know, I mean, maybe. deception. But well, no, we can. We I don't can know. Th- that's a good thing to explore. But first of all, I, I mean, the, the the lack of insight or or acceptance of and accountability would be for me to make a statement that I have no blind spots. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if it's possible not to have blind spots. I, I want to believe that I I could be completely conscious and aware of the totalness of my um, worldview and reality, 
but I have another little voice that comes in and says, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Right. Well, that's, <laughs> kind of that, that's where I'm getting at. Can, can, yeah. can it be that way? And I'm not just talking right. whether I took the red pill or the, the, the blue pill, <laughs> you know. But what, you know, what my ability to have self-awareness and self-consciousness is of everything, you know. I, I think it's normal that, first of all, that we have blind spots because that's just part of growing and evolution is learning to be able to see ourselves really as we are. You know, and I, I, we could get really metaphysical right here, but I'm, I'm going to avoid that, um, not because of our audience, but because it would <laughs> veer off into whole other. different other yeah. subjects that I, I don't want to do that. Self-deception and this idea of having these defense mechanisms where we protect ourselves from taking in information, I think is normal. I also want to say that I don't think there's anything bad or wrong with you know, not following up on a yoga practice that, you know, you can f be fine and be in a good place right, yeah. and not be, you know, continuing with that. Right. Because, again, it's about it's about just having the awareness of it. It's not about necessarily what's right or wrong. Right. This is where black and white thinking comes in. And that can be a blind spot just in itself. Mm. That, oh, it's got to be this way or that way. And is that really truthful? Is Definitely that, not, is, yeah. No. I mean... I spent a lot of my life as a black and white thinker mm -hmm. and have tried pretty hard to be mindful about getting in that gray area of not needing everything to be so certain. Um, I'm, I'm and that's that one down right now. Yeah. That is a good mindful intention. Yeah. Black and white, black and white thinking is huge for me. Um, and not, and part of that is even a control factor in my life, at least you know, wanting control over things went along with my black and white thinking. If I don't have control and I don't, I can't have it this way or that way, then it doesn't exist or... Um, it's not valid in some way. Yeah. 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 Identifying validity based, uh, based upon some premise of what's right and what's wrong. Right. Yeah. And I don't know. And maybe the blind spots are... Cause because I know I have blind spots, and I guess that's where my fear comes in of, am I deceiving myself in some way without knowing I'm doing it? Because mm -hmm. I feel like I must be. But maybe that's just that I have a few blind spots, and I don't need to dive too deep into, why, why are you deceiving? You know, there mm -hmm. has to be something. Maybe it's just okay to be okay and know that there's going to be things that pop up. But, again, that's not... That's over. That's the overthinking piece of yeah. my life story. Well, I always come back to a line out of a a great uh, international film, um, The Fifth Element. Uh, yeah, I love good that. One. <laughs> it's so good. Bruce Willis is like one uh, guy. The whole cast. You know right? that. Uh, you know. Uh, sometimes I just have to realize I'm not much more than a meat sack, and that, uh, <laughs> you know, chances mm -hmm. are I'm going to be full of shit some days. Mm -hmm. So um, that, to me, when it comes to about, you know, accepting that um, there's a certain amount of defense mechanisms wired into self-dishonesty or, or, or self-deception, means that there's just an opportunity to grow. And it doesn't mean that I have to figure it all out right now, because Boy, that that would be. Yeah, let's not do that. Yeah, but but so the, there's the number one thing, and not number one. Oh, I said that <laughs> there is an important. Yeah, I, I caught it. I caught uh -huh. it. Number one. <laughs> That's like the best, right? You know what? 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 
these are the best appliances for the kitchen this year, 19, you know, 2019. Yeah. Um, Number it's all It's all subjective. But the idea that what is the best way to um, approach getting an understanding of self-dishonesty or mm-hmm. self-deception. I know, I know that you guys know the answer to this. Uh, at least I believe I do, or I could be deceiving myself. Huh. When you think about too hard, that's what I feel. Am I just deceiving myself that I'm not deceiving my... I mean, is it just this big cycle of all... all well, this is, this is, so I'm just going to throw this out here. So that, because I just realized I set, I set that up. So the idea was that there's a right and wrong answer. I think one of the best ways to deal with this issue is in community. And, you know, we do it in group, right? So we, we get together and, and, uh, and, and people give each other feedback and they, they assist, you know, with, based upon their own experience and their own work in this area. They share feedback of what they, the other person may, what they see in the other person possibly. Um, and there's the, old, there's the old adage that, you know, if one person tells you something, there's eh, a chance it could be right or wrong. But if five or six people tell you the same thing and see something, there's a chance that there's some validity in that, you know, as it applies. Yes. You know, I don't know. That, just some thoughts. What do you guys think? Oh, I completely agree. And I think that's in my life in the last couple of years has been one of the major benefits of getting to a point of being able to recognize some of the self-deceiving and whatnot has been being in groups like that with our community and connection, the connections I have with others who have been in similar spots, different mm-hmm. spots, you know, any, it does, there's no rhyme or reason on why someone's going to have better information or something necessarily, but I feel like the connections I've made over the last couple of years being in the recovery community has allowed me some insight into myself that I don't know if I would have gotten otherwise, I guess. And that comes with, you know, advice given of multiple people maybe seeing the same thing in me. And maybe sometimes those are things I don't want to see in myself. Maybe those are some of the self-deceiving concepts that I don't want to see. And then as multiple people are kind of broaching that topic with Mm -hmm. me, then I, I realize maybe that is something I need to look at internally a little bit more. And maybe I'm also getting advice from one person here, one person there, and they all have different forms of advice. And that's when I need to look at myself and just go, okay, I can, I need to kind of figure this out on my own too. You know, giving myself a little more credit for being able to know what's best for me and not always, because at first I think it was really easy, any advice given, I think it was easy for me to just take that all on, you know, like they've been, you know, sober a year, they work here you know something they like must that know what they're they know about. yeah oh, and yeah. i need to listen to that and i think that I always was, called, uh, i've always been whatever i take in i've always been questionable of it like, yeah and i think that's smart to i mean to to be able to listen and not assume you know everything but also not maybe take the whole thing as i take parts you know yeah what i hear yeah well don't, don't i mean I have a, a, a deep authentic experience or a deep core exp- I'm gonna say core experience of this issue and it is that I if I'm honest with myself I have a certain sensation or feeling in my core of whether I'm being truthful or not to myself and and I don't always want to listen to that or feel that 
that you know I kind of went no, don't listen no no go away go away um, feeling because you're prob- that that gut feeling whatever you want to call it that inherent wouldn't that be integrity yes well I sense of integrity but of being able to hear that I know when I'm being dishonest and I can go back to when I was a child and I knew those times when I did things that I was going against some core value I. I've known that since I was a young child. You can physically five feel or it. six, four, yeah. five, and six. I knew even back then when mm-hmm. I was going against what was authentic for me. But is it worth? It's like the cost benefit. Is it worth it? Is it worth it to what? To uh, when you feel that to um, shoot. Hard to put in words. Is it helpful to when you know it's wrong, but you do it anyway? <laughs> that's a that's a podcast by the way. I don't oh, know if you listen to that. Okay. <laughs> Let's do something yeah. even if it's wrong. That was uh, I had a couple of those podcasters on my one of the okay. podcasts a week ago. Funny shit. Uh, it was a little bit bizarre. I recommend listening. Yeah, to that. it was not yet. It, it's a bit. It's probably the strangest podcast I've ever done. Okay, but it was one of the most fun ones too. So. <laughs> anyway, so, so what happens when you do? go against yourself then like do you feel that you know kind of internally and it's maybe easier for you to recognize after you've done it versus when you just feel like it's going to be wrong I don't know right back to self-deception whenever I am conscious of that I'm deceiving myself I feel guilt afterwards and uh, that's a great indicator so when you're saying is that you have a you have a sort of that feeling of guilt because I relate to that or shame sometimes and shame and guilt yeah I know I'm not telling myself the truth or necessarily the whole story well that's when I start to feel the physical effects of it like you were kind of talking about like I'm doing something well, wrong gut. I feel it in my gut the, the gut check I have the such a oh it's it can be so physical for me like feeling does the that physical. make more sense the idea of a gut check yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel it physically so when I was when I was romanticizing about using pot again a couple months ago, I knew in my mind that it was not the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. But um, I deceived myself for a long time by just saying maybe later I can do it, like pushing it off. Yeah, and. Uh, Yeah, I deceived the shit out of myself because ah. uh, <laughs> I got some and I smoked it and I felt terrible after the fact. And I. But was it was it because you smoked the pot or because you weren't being honest with yourself? I'm curious. It's a good point. It was the internal dishonesty. Okay. Lying to myself. Okay. And uh, because up to that point, I had felt that I had been conscious of my thoughts. And my feelings, but I guess I didn't really have a good read on that. Uh-huh. Um, and that's just something that going forward I have to be more conscious of. And I guess I really didn't identify that. Uh, what were we calling it? Uh, Deception. Self-deception. I didn't... That wasn't on my radar. Or maybe it was and I didn't (laughs) identify it. It probably was that. 
Oh, we don't want to. Remember, we're blocked. We have defense mechanisms. I mean, that's yeah, maybe one of those spots. defense mechanisms that's saying, don't take this information in. Just, you know, I mean, that's kind of a, like a blinder we put on so that we don't see certain things. Yeah. But, I, but yeah, I don't think you would have felt guilt if you didn't know that you were do- going against something within you. And I don't, listen, I, again, I, I don't want to make this black and white in the, in the sense of a conversation of whether you should or shouldn't have smoked pot. I almost want to take that out, take that away from yeah. the, the, you know, wh- whether that's right or wrong. Because, again, black and white thinking. Um, I know there are purists who say, no drugs, you can't have any, you know, <laughs> thing in your system. And I get the reason why that is. I, I get that. You, but you had a couple of years, almost a couple of years under your belt, and I did, you yeah. know, and you did, and and so the, these thoughts start to come in, and that's, I guess, what it, what it is, is that instead of judging, you know, the the act itself of what what you did, looking at it from what, how did I dilute this conversation down, I guess, in some way that it became an acceptable, you know, choice to make. Forget about the marijuana. But how did maybe the self? That's maybe a good word. How did I dilute? Dilute is a good word. Dilute. Yeah, yeah, I like that. How did I do that? Um, I guess I wasn't. When I'd come to group, I wouldn't be honest, and I wouldn't bring up things that were in my head. I just let them fester and marinate. Mm-hmm. I guess for some reason it was maybe embarrassment or shame mm-hmm. that I'd be judge which is complete bullshit now that I think about it because whenever I hear someone struggling and they bring it to the table in group I mean I always try to give them the best feedback I can and um where am I going with well, this so it's, no it's interesting though because then is it really the fear of judgment from others or just the fear of being honest and having to say out loud what you're thinking think and judging yourself yeah. you know and maybe not fearing what are others going to think of me but if i say it out loud then it's real and then i have to maybe put some judgment on myself for this yeah and that can be uncomfortable <laughs> very <laughs> that can be slightly uncomfortable all right good stuff good stuff so i i i, I like this notion of the gut check because I think we know on some level if it, 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 it maybe is not cognitive you know it's it's not on it's not on the thinking level all the time and so for some for some at there places where I can check in and say is this true or not and my gut will usually tell me on some on some level and I can go into the chemical and all the neurological functioning of what that puts behind a, a gut check um, but I don't want to bore everyone today um, because it is fascinating that, that that's a chemical release, you know, through the hypothalamus that releases these short chain proteins and neuropeptides and we get a feeling of it. It's because some level in our brain, we know that we're going against something that's a core value. And as soon as that happens, it releases those those chemicals and those those hormones and it creates that feeling of, yeah, this isn't really this isn't really what your where your values are, are. You're misplacing this. That's me. That's me. So anyway. No, oh, I think yeah, the gut check is a great idea because then when I am having those feelings of doubt, am am I deceiving myself without knowing I'm deceiving myself? Hopefully, just going. How do I feel? You know, 
and usually there's going to be something that is a bit more um, like a decision I'm trying to make or something I'm doing or not mm-hmm. doing where I can have those gut checks. If I'm just trying to find something like, am I deceiving myself in some way? I feel like that's something that is, again, the overthinking part that maybe I just need to not be so black and white on, just chill well, out. Well, think of some other decisions, you know, you made over the year, right? Because we're, we're going to lead, we're kind of moving towards the, you know, finishing up and talking about New Year's intentions or resolutions or whatever mm-hmm. you want to call them. Um, but decisions you made this year in your life that, you know, you, you did follow that guy. You kind of went, I, I, there's some things I want to do. And I, I was thinking with Zach, you know, you you really did a huge shift in, in your career and where you wanted to put your energy into. And, I mean, that seemed like a real true, real core decision you made that you wanted to follow some passion or purpose which you know maybe when was different than the image you had built up in your mind but it felt in your gut you felt this is really what i want to do right it did and i did it and you you want to you want to share with our listeners what what that was because after getting out of college i went straight into construction which is what my father does and my stepfather does and I just figured that's what I'd do, and I got in it. I was miserable, making great money, though. Uh-huh. And uh, after you know several years of just doing that, my dad asked me a question, just like a simple question, what do you want to do? Because he knew I wasn't happy, and he gave me all these great ideas, and it just washed down to being with animals, so I figured I don't want to go to school and be a vet. I want to get in it now. So I looked to grooming. And I mean, when you see me physically, I don't look like a dog groomer. <laughs> but it has brought me so much joy. And that really was one of the best decisions, if not the best decision of following my gut. Mm-hmm. With a, with help from him, too. And a lot of people gave me positive input. They're like, that's a great idea. But... Yeah, that that was a good move. <laughs> you guys saw how I'd be upset coming to group, stressed out. But now, I love going to work. Yeah, isn't that interesting? Yeah, it's isn't crazy. Well, and and to kind of accept that, I love it that you say, if you saw me, you would see. You know, I I do look more like you know the I tell people the, and the they're construction shocked. guy. Yeah. You know, you, you could be you'd be on those. You know men in construction calendars yeah i know thank you thank you but um Uh, i can see it come on sarah i knew sarah would bag me Uh, up on that people can see it maybe a firefighter but that's all yeah 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 yeah. sorry but but you love it you love working with animals and and you always have it's kind of funny because it's one of the things that i remember the passion that you had and uh you know without disclosing too much is that you had a family member you've, <laughs> you've had family members that you know have maybe not treated animals the way you wish they would yeah brought you, you talk about internal conflict right mm-hmm. you got you went that's not supposed to happen that way i can remember how passionate you were about yeah that that, yeah. that did upset me i recall yeah yeah, yeah. i remember that too. yeah so um and I, I've joked about that episode. I mean, that. On, 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 I mean, now I can laugh about yeah. it. 
because you know <laughs> it's comedic. How, how many how many people sh- you know shave the star of David into their uh, you know their animals? Just and, one that I know. Just, of. just one. You know, I mean, if you're going to do it, you could do it in the back of your head too. You know, I suppose <laughs> maybe that would have been more appropriate in your eyes at the time. Jeez. All right. Um, so that passion was always there, is what I'm saying. You have always had that, and it came out, how strong you felt. But I guess I always talked myself out of it, mm-hmm. because... Didn't fit the image? Exactly, which is crazy. Who makes the image? <laughs> well, we do. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's just... It was crazy, and I'm so glad I did it. It's what I want to do mm-hmm. for the rest of my life, and thinking of doing anything else kind of freaks me out, to be honest. Isn't that fascinating like going back into construction i get anxiety mm-hmm. about just i the money doesn't matter to me I, it's good money but i just i can't do it yeah. it's not for me well yeah. sarah had a similar experience this past year yeah she did yeah Almost, i mean identical of something you had always wanted to do yep. but you didn't think you should based yeah. upon i feel like a lot of people did this year like yeah. you know mikey Mm-hmm. He went in, and he's so happy doing what he's doing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember when about a year ago, not quite when when I started going back to aftercare, and you and I reconnected. That was one of the first things we talked about. So you still doing what you still working for the family <laughs> no. business? You still working for the family business, which we both did, and yeah. then it was both of us just found this. I mean, just finally went for it and yeah. found our new passion. So that was re- that was really cool to. I remember I was so happy to hear you say that when, when I was happy to hear someone him. else did it. Yeah, like I kind I of felt like, okay, one. I'm not the only crazy person that just yeah, ditched out a, on what I thought risk. was going to be my life career for something else. Instead of what feels right. What, yeah. I, yeah. what I want to do. But that's hard yeah. to go with what feels right and what you're expected to do, maybe. What, why, though? Why? I mean, why is it hard? I mean, I, I, I don't disagree with you. I, I don't. Initially, I felt maybe shame that I was not living up to what maybe my elders wanted me to be or Mm -hmm. what their image was Mm -hmm. of me. Like they paid all this money for me to go to school for all these years Mm -hmm. and supported me through college. And here I am with a business degree Mm -hmm. and I'm grooming dogs. (laughs) (laughs) So, but I got over that pretty quickly because they're not in my shoes. It's for me. It's how I feel. I don't... They'll get over it. Yeah. yeah. They'll still love me for who I am, so... I think it's definitely the initial decision. Once, for me, when I was had made the decision and had moved on, even before I actually got the job I'm in now, uh, but just when I kind of let go of that mm-hmm. and just said, I'm done there, and I'm going to start looking at something to work with kids... I am that feeling of any get wrenching um, anxiety or tension that I had felt mm-hmm. either in my previous careers or when I was trying to decide if I was going to leave was just gone. It was, I don't know, it just, and that was the point of I know I'm doing the right thing for me because there's the gut check. <laughs> you know, yeah. I no longer felt, I felt like I was doing the right thing. And even though it was, it's I don't know about you, but it was scary as hell going, yeah. oh, wow, I'm just going to put myself out there. I'm going to go apply for jobs that I'm really not even qualified for. 
in a way that that doesn't mean I, you know I've worked 11 years in business and accounting and stuff mm-hmm. I mean it's not like I don't have a good background but what I currently want to do I want to go into a classroom with kids I don't you know I don't really have experience with that. I've never then, held a pair of scissors before yeah. <laughs> except to cut paper. And right? here I am cutting yeah, dogs. Cut dog, yeah. And then I was I, scared. Yeah. yeah. I was nervous. Yep. But it's like we both just went for it and really didn't have the exact qualifications for that particular thing. Maybe even, you know, overqualified for other positions and other things, but not for this thing that we wanted to do. But we did it anyways. And it's like we both kind of went, at least I did, you know. I definitely took, you know, a decrease in pay and then, you know, things like that. And it didn't matter at all. And it's been like the best year ever as far as work. It's like, it's just. I was telling you guys the other day, I'm still having a great year. Yeah. And I don't think it's going to get, I think it's going to get better to be honest. Yeah. You got a couple more days. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) two. Exactly. (laughs) Well, that whole thing of being. You know, I kind of also thought maybe I'm too old to just make this... Get out of town. You know, career shift. I thought that, you know, I'm like... Really? I felt like I was too old to... I mean, to change jobs, no. But to make that type of a shift, because I knew I was going to have to kind of go back and start at the beginning, you know? Like, start small. That's intimidating, yeah. And I was like, oh, I shouldn't be doing that right now at this point in my life. But once I did, it's... I felt no shame or remorse about starting kind of at the bottom there and then I've like yeah but look how much you've climbed I know and then I'm like, yeah, yeah yeah and then I've built up you know uh already but it's just because I put myself in a position of something I was happy to be doing and I loved it so much and worked so hard that within you know six seven months then I got you know a promotion and now I just met with my director yesterday I was talking to her and she thinks I Say it. Just say it. (laughs) She thinks I have um, not just the potential, but like the very near future potential to be um, an assistant director or even director. She said, depending on where. And she said, I don't want to lose you. But she's like, you are made for this job. And she's like, I'm so happy to hear that you love it and that this is what you want to do and that you want to do goals towards that because you're already so much further along. She said, Basically, I think you could skip over education coordinator and I'm going to start talking to the regional manager and putting out feelers for other centers that are opening and whatnot. So just like, boom. And it felt so good. I was like, like it felt like a high. Like I called my mom after our meeting and I was just like, because I know not only that I worked hard to get there, but it's what I love. And it was so cool to be talking to her and be like, no, this is what I want to do. And I am excited about this and know that that was totally authentic me that I was saying that not just oh this sounds like a good career move so yeah let's go there but no like yes I want to do this <laughs> well and someone else saw the value in you right and that saw your awesome. value. that yeah. was huge for me too yeah this is a this, yeah, is, this is a big mm-hmm. thing right mm-hmm. so I know I'm doing a full circle here but that's the, there's a form of self-deception we're unsure of it Right of of how, you know, is it okay for me to be? I mean, this has comes self deception and vulnerability probably have some correlation in some ways here. In some correlation, jeez. Of course, they have definitely correlation. Yeah, yeah. Little little funny turnaround there. Um, that other people can see the value that inherent in us, and we don't always want to own it. 
our value. This kind of gets back to that. And it gets back to the idea of self-deception. <laughs> For whatever reason, we don't believe maybe we deserve it or how can that be? Even though you knew for a long time that you wanted to do something like this, but it didn't fit into the image, I'm saying this to Sarah, sorry, that it didn't fit into the image that you had manifested and created over the years, especially when it had to do with business and family and that kind yeah. of, mm-hmm. you know, this whole thing of letting people down and, and we, the stories we come up with in our head, this is what I, this is what I mean with self-deception. Self-deception is not just about whether I'm doing the right thing or the wrong thing, but how we deceive ourselves with the own, our own stories we've created of what our identity is and what we're supposed to do. Right. And that, oh, I shouldn't, I, I, I've just got to do, I've got to do what I'm supposed to do because I'm supposed to do it and just pull my boots up by my bootstrap right. and just do, and you know. Right, or I've put too much, you know, I put so much time into this, so right. I can't leave it now. Or yeah. people have put too much faith in me in this or too much, not even pressure, but, you know, they've dedicated their time to you know there's, the, there's you can inve- you can pull there's other an investment pe- into exactly. what I'm supposed to do right you can pull other people into yeah. your self-deception and bullshit really quick uh, and use them as a backing for yeah. it you know I think I've I've done that and uh, I think I've deceived myself on my self-worth and value that really hit home to me I because the lady I work for I was shocked how quickly she trusted me to handle the day-to-day or she even went on vacation and left me in charge of the whole operation and I was like am I can I do this like why me like what she see in me and that's been very hard is to recognize that I'm capable and uh gosh darn it I'm I'm a responsible person (laughs) gosh darn smart enough yeah that's that too yeah yeah, I remember talking to you a lot, Paul, when I the first few months of my new job. And every time we talked and had these one-on-ones, you'd ask me, well, how's it going? And I would always come up with this, I can't believe it, but it's going really well. I can't believe it, but they Same want me here. to be a lead teacher. I can't believe it, but for some reason, they think I would be really great in this position that would be a promotion. And your your first question, I think, was always, why are you surprised by that or why you know and that was definitely so like what you're saying self-deception i was just shocked that things were going as well as they were and that they were recognizing you know good in me in that position and it just for some reason was like how could i already be this far along when i just started this and you know the answer is because i was being true to myself but at the time it was hard to believe that something could just be going that well or that I could be doing that well and something that was so new. It still shocks me sometimes. Man. Yeah, I know. Well, and that's yeah. the story. Remember the narrative that we, mm-hmm. the narrative that um, I carry a certain narrative about myself around and I, you know, project, uh, I can project my identity through that and then I, I create expectations um, and assumptions based around how I'm supposed to perform that in life. And, and, you know, family plays a big part of that, um, but, but definitely it all, all comes back to me. I'm totally accountable for creating that narrative in the first place. And the story of that narrative and then the, the, the different little parts of it or the, 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 the vast, cons- you know, what it consumes in me 
is the idea that I'm supposed supposed to be doing things and being things so that I get some you know approval back that validates my story in the first place. This goes right back to confirmation bias. Yeah. I'm looking for things that validate that story. But if the story isn't really true, meaning that it's not authentic and it's not really what I, I want to be doing, it, it kind of goes beyond just pulling you know myself up by my bootstraps and going on with life. It's it's about you know can I find passion in it? I used to joke. I've joked about this before. Is that you know when I sort of got began to get my life together and I decided that I, the person I was I didn't want to be anymore and what I had become and what my expectations were. And I'm going back twenty two three years um, that I became a dishwasher. Went from becoming a stockbroker to a dishwasher and. The idea of doing that was because I wanted to, I mean, I approached this from a place of, I want to become the best dishwasher I can be. I want to become mindful and conscious and aware and not judge myself because I want to do that to the best of my ability. And the people wouldn't, almost wouldn't hire me. They told me, we don't expect you to stay here more than a few weeks because if you're so overqualified, why do you want to be a dishwasher and make, you know, a little above minimum wage? You know, which was like five twenty-five back then. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. I'm just thinking because I'm, I will. First of all, I said I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll commit to working this job six months, regardless. I will be here six months, and I did. I stayed there longer than that. Um, but they then put they then taught me baking and a whole bunch of other things. But the idea was is I wanted to do this for myself, and and so I could learn to be present and conscious and. And mindful in the job I was doing, I wanted to become that best dishwasher. <laughs> and it also taught me, and I, though I've always had a Zen place, this sounds kind of funny about washing dishes. It really allowed me to sink into the purpose of why dishes get washed. And I know that's not trying like to be funny that. or esoteric, no, I like but I, I really now just love washing dishes, and I can find myself washing them, and I'm not. I don't. I, the, the world just disappears. The first time I heard you tell me that, mm-hmm. I took it to heart. And when I worked between the construction and the grooming, I worked at Petco. Oh, yeah, I remember that. And they'd have me do all the stock. So I'd get in there at like 4 in the morning and do it all by myself. Mm-hmm. Maybe one other guy if he wanted to help. But I always applied. I want to do it the best I can, make everything perfect. Mm-hmm. And I still find myself trying to, like if I'm stacking stuff or putting stuff away. Yeah the best dishwasher be, be, mm-hmm. the, be the be the best the best um you know shelf stacker you know you know whatever I, I can be right yeah yeah and not and the title and the job itself becomes irrelevant at that point it's just am i being the best i can be in that moment mm-hmm. which you know nice it's also there's not a lot of self-deception in there i mean there were days sure that i, I got frustrated and, and upset and you know and and and, and felt like you know why am I doing this? And that, that was all the, the ego was coming in and, and I was trying to qualify my worth based upon what I was doing. And I, I missed the point. I kept those are the days that I missed the mark, you know, for myself, because I was thinking, you know, I should be doing something different than this. And every time I got there, I just was like, I, I've, I've had turmoil in me because then I was, I was not living up to the, the purpose and the commitment I had made to myself even though I you know six months for them but I really made it to myself it wasn't it wasn't about making it to them I committed to six months for me 
because I wanted to be the best dishwasher I could be. <laughs> and I figured it's going to take me at least six months how to do this, learn to, learn to do this really well. Even though I look back and laugh about that now. So <laughs> I admire that. Yeah. Okay. Good to talk on self-deception. We went, we wrapped through that a couple times. Kept, kept going back. Kept going back. It's a big, it's a big Circles issue. Circles around, yeah. Okay, a couple more. Um, oh, are we going to do the New Year's? And then we kind of got turned well, we, away yeah, from We're going to do the cost-benefit analysis. Um, the cost-benefit analysis, <laughs> the CBA, uh-huh. of relapse or lapse. Um, and this, this, again, is an opportunity to not think in black and white. I'm going to say that one more time to, to our listeners. This is an opportunity not to think of lapse or relapse in black and white. Um, because often uh, it can lead to um, shame and depression if, it, if we do. Instead of the opportunity to look at what are the benefits, what are the costs of, of relapse you know, to my, myself and my integrity and my health. But what are the benefits of it as well? And I know we talked about pros and cons and that kind of thing, but that's really the same thing. Yeah. I'm like, I don't like putting relapse in a pro category, but at the same time, I, I, I like your wording on well, the, ben- the cost-benefit the, analysis. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's the, the benefit thing, of relapse, you know, or the yeah. benefit of a lapse or those yeah. kinds of things. Um, because if it's thought of black and white, then it kind of lo- loses the, the, the deeper meaning and purpose of um, gaining insight and knowledge and awareness and learning how to educate ourselves about it. That um, also can stop us from then connecting, you know, reconnecting and re-engaging in our life, and leave the word sobriety or recovery out of it, but re-engaging in our life, you know. So uh, the, let's let's just open it up, um, wherever you guys want to go with this. <laughs> I'll take it. Um, the cons of this rela- of my lapse, I guess. I recently, after almost two years went back and used and um i didn't i haven't found any like big negatives yeah i was a little bit guilty and i felt bummed out that you know i'm not going to be able to say i have two years although that's not really ever been a big thing to me although a little bit to be able to tell my family and stuff but and how other people look at me, right? Yeah, yes. exactly. Just like we're talking about. And, well, how's the world going to see me? How's my, how is my sober community going to see me? Right? They see me the same yeah. as they did before. <laughs> I'm positive really? of that. That's shocking. <laughs> so I did, the first thing I did was reach out to anyone I could and who would listen, and they all were very supportive and it just reassured me that this is where I want to be. This is my community. And, um, you know, you didn't, you, I don't want to say mistake. You, sounds so negative. But, you know, uh, I, well, you can use that word. Yeah. I mean, I mean, remember a mistake just means because it, 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 it's not a, a mistake doesn't have to be a negative if you learn from it it can yeah. be a positive I mean that's how we learn is from our mistakes so right? yeah I fucked up <laughs> am I gonna yeah let's just go with it better. am I gonna sit in this shit right or am I gonna get up and you know see what I what I missed or what I was 
keeping away from myself, mm-hmm. deceiving more so, and move forward with a new game plan. And that's really where I'm at. Um, I uh, I still f- I don't feel shame or guilt that it happened or embarrassment because of the reaction I got from my community. Mm -hmm. It just... (sighs) (laughs) It just made me kind of want to come back stronger and, you know, maybe do some things before that I wasn't doing be more open and connect with people who maybe I had been I don't know not shy but just like oh I already have my group of friends my circle maybe maybe just fuck that and talk to everyone I don't know man well the, I think the idea of I guess of, I do know <laughs> I know again yeah. Yeah. Well, we're, we're, gonna, we're gonna get back to that one right? because I'm gonna save that for the next yeah. show but that's tough yeah the black and white thinking of I don't know because um, you, you, you know, if you're being honest with yourself again you, you do know you, you do know and it's not again it's not right or wrong what we end up doing if our tribe kind of gets small and condensed down um, that that's fine it's just are we telling even those group of people everything you know what's going on are we really sharing the struggles because you know, or are we just kind of telling them the good stuff? We we, we did this in, in uh, this app came out um, a few weeks ago, and uh, we don't. By the way, we don't say names in here of people that aren't here, of course. So, um, but the, the this notion that someone had been you know coming to group for months and months and months and say you know saying nothing but like rainbows and unicorns, how great life was, and then finally you know admitted that they've been going out you know three or four nights a week drinking, and um, and it didn't come out till they came out of the bar one night, slipped and and uh, and hit their head on the pavement and boom you know got knocked out and. Um, probably probably a combination of hitting their head and you know I think the 10 or 12 shots that they had done um, but it all finally came out and it's like so you know the idea that everyone's gonna when you they believe anyone who would say and I include myself in this that everything is rainbows and unicorns all the time um, that's that's not real that's not real and it, it, it always felt that way when I checked in with myself I, you know I used to think is that really true? Are you just feeling this way? Oh, no, things are great, and, and but whatever. But I, I mean, you kind of know at some point that we've got to show up, and, and we've got to people have got to see the shit too, because everyone's got it. You know, that's just part of it, right? Just part of life is being able to be vulnerable. Do I do I disclose? Do I share the stuff that feels uncomfortable right now? Do I let people know where I'm at, or do I hold it in and kind of keep it to myself and just kind of? Keep, it's like you know becomes like kryptonite then I almost something that kind of eats away at me so I don't always like it but I gotta say it I gotta share it with somebody even if it's just my partner or a colleague I mean I feel grateful for where I work that I can pro I can there's certain people I can go to and I can say anything that's going on in my life and they'll listen and objectively and and give me feedback and and keep it there I think when I tried to voice how I was feeling I only went halfway. I don't think I let on to 
the extent that it was occupying my mind, I just put a feeler out to see how that person would react. And if it was negative, I'd reel that shit back in and sit on it. So I just need to let it all out when I want to share. So, okay, Zach, what did you learn? Oh, jeez. <laughs> what did you learn on your fall vacation? <laughs> I learned that just because I went backwards doesn't mean it's the end of my story. And the worst thing I possibly could have done was not reach out and gotten on myself and beaten myself up because in the past that's all I've done. Mm -hmm. But I really was amazed by the turnaround of the incident of relapsing and then me realizing like fuck this is not what I want to do yeah and um what I really took away from it is just how important it is to stay connected and I always heard I always hear stay connected and I was like are they fucking saying this again but it is so true because when you just when you start slipping away and not, you know, coming to group or calling your friends or your support group, it just snowballs. Yeah. At least in my case, it did. Well, the, ma the, ma the maintenance part of it is making sure that I, I stay connected with people, um, you know, whether it be friends, colleagues, support group, whatever, family, making sure I'm staying connected and letting people know where I'm at. Because the, the people that know me will give me feedback pretty quickly, you know. That, and also I need to do the same with myself. It's yeah. just, uh, if I'm feeling, you know, tempted or having these ideas that I need to be honest with myself and take them for what they are and they're, they're serious threats. Mm -hmm. Because I think I just ruled this out as, you know, it'll pass and it didn't. It got stronger mm -hmm. and I went out. So going forward, I just need to be, I need to work on my, my honesty with my, my self-honesty and the self-deception thing too. Yeah. Well, then, then, I mean, to simplify this experience for you and, and how it fits into your life, is it, is it possible just to see it as a chapter? Absolutely. You know? And not and you and I have talked about this already, but not, not not to dwell on this is that beginning to understand when this really began, right? Because the the event itself is not really where the relapse begins. It begins in 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 way back, and I think you kind of talked about that in the sense of maybe you know not connecting with people, not showing up, not doing some of the maintenance activities that you know I was doing on a weekly basis and. And uh, maybe maybe isolating a little bit more, or or at least not you know not branching out um, and and staying um, in those other fields or systems that you were, had gotten you know yeah. that were part of your support group, yeah. part of your part of your support system. Correct. So, <laughs> just a chapter. 
just a chapter. Just a chapter. Plenty more to go. Yeah, it's that funny analogy, which I'm sure everyone's heard a billion times, but if you're driving from, and this is how I've looked at my relapses, but if you're driving from New York to California and you get a flat tire in, like, Kansas, say, Mm -hmm. are you going to drive all the way back to New York or are you just going to fix the tire and continue on? You know, like, there's, you're not, it's just the whole not feeling like you're starting over or that you've lost the distance per se that you've gained throughout the time before you know my cheesy one in my head is like battles are lost in war but you know you win the big one so <laughs> and that's so that's cheesy too, that yeah. it just came I know, out and so, was, and so yeah and so but that's what mine. i've been going back to yeah. yeah you go backwards sometimes you lose some but yeah just keep going and that's why when we're looking at the benefits or pros, I think, of relapse, which sounds funny. And I in no way want to make this a promotion for relapses. I'm not promoting that. <laughs> but, <laughs> however, I think there's also, if you want to take the realistic view of if it happens, it's more what are you going to make from it? Like Zach is saying, and like you said, Paul, you know, are you going to learn from it? Are you going to use it to gain more knowledge about yourself and about the things that you want to do to be your best self? Does that mean sober from, you know, as far as, uh, you know, not using substances? Yeah, that's probably, you know, that's probably a part of it. But also, how am I going to have live a sober life and a sober mind of living my best life, being the most authentically me? Because that's a big thing for me, too, is like, and I said this in groups the other night about making sure I'm living sober in other areas. And that's the part where I don't want to be deceiving myself and thinking, well, I'm, I'm not drinking anymore. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm good. You know, I've been sober this, this long and I don't want to have that pre or dry relapses, mm-hmm. you know, people call it without being aware of it. And so I think that goes to the self-honesty and, and staying in check with with all those things that that impacted. I don't think it's one thing. It's not just me going to group. It's not just me staying connected. It's not just doing self-care, doing being mindful. Mm-hmm. For me, at least, it is a combination of all of those things. Yeah. And if I find myself lacking in one of them, maybe overall I'm still okay and I'm not tempted to use alcohol, but something doesn't feel quite right. And that's what I'm trying to kind of connect with in my life right now. I'm staying fairly well connected, you know, and mm-hmm. I'm not going to group as much as I used to, but I'm still doing, you know, something at least weekly. I'm going mm-hmm. to refuge recovery weekly. I'm still going to aftercare at least every once a month, maybe a little bit more and staying connected with some of my friends, but and I'm doing self-care to a point, but all of a sudden you bring up the yoga thing and I'm like, wow, that kind of added that one level of mm-hmm. my life that I feel like I'm missing some of that piece of physical and mental well-being that I that's added to my life when I have yoga the yoga practice in my life or or something of that sort or even maybe long walks I haven't been doing that lately you know it doesn't have to necessarily be one thing but I haven't really been doing a lot of that physical part that Mm -hmm. I'm doing the self-care like oh I'm gonna stay home tonight by myself and I'm gonna read and I'm gonna take a bath and and maybe that's partly just the time of year where I feel like the self-care is more hunkering in and having this moment to myself but but 
it is interesting. I don't know. It's important for me, I think, to look at what piece am I missing or am I am I bringing them all together? Because for me, it's kind of a it's a group effect. Yeah. It's not just the one thing. It's not one thing. Yeah. No. Because if our if our if our life program, if our wellness program, and and the the thing I want to be clear with in this conversation when we talk about the cost benefit analysis of of relapse or lapses, it doesn't just mean about substances. It can mean it can talk about all the different areas of our lives that we we struggle with different things. Exactly. Obviously, relational dynamics, relationships with food, sleep, you know, those kinds of things. So it it it's it, it it encompasses much more than just the relationship with the substance. This what to to go to that kind of place. Um, it, it's more about you know what else is going on in my life that this is this is coming up now anyway. And as long as I, you know I'm open and willing to learn. Um, some of when I look at relapses for me. Um, I, I know that um, relapse is more in the area of uh, is how I you know f- how well I keep my house and I mean that that my fiscal house in right. order. So I can yeah. usually when I'm not doing well on that, um, I consider that a type of relapse in old ways of thinking and taking care of myself, exactly. and that's usually a good indication. Um, and and that to me has all the same components and feel of it of of a substance type relapse, um, you know, in my past that I can you know which I, I have a hard time even going back and we've talked about this before I have a hard time even going back and and seeing that because I don't consider myself like connecting to in that person is that who you were right? yeah, yeah. Exactly, yeah but so it's it's weird to talk about that but I can see it in my life today that some of those old patterns more go around money or time. And I, I have off and on been a workaholic, and so I have to watch that one because my self-care will go down when I'm overworking. Mm-hmm. And that is, and I act like it's not a choice, and that's what I'm, that's self-deception. Like, yeah, I've got to work 60 hours a week because, and, and, and that, you know, there may be some truth to that on some level, but it's still based upon a story that's that's not real. It's what I've just told myself for so long that, I, you know, and it's projected based upon how the outside world sees me, and that's not healthy. It's definitely not healthy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, yes, I think any type of relapse or lapse is really just what you end up making of it. And if you choose to, like Zach said, sit in your shit and <laughs> start to feel like either you're the victim or start to have so much shame that you go into a depression about you know the person you are anything like that that you hold on to for too long is what may cause that kind of some backward motion where I think if you or in my I shouldn't say that I guess in my experience when I've had um, a relapse and if I the faster I pick myself back up and go oh crap that wasn't a great idea okay, what am I going to do now? Like last time um, I had my relapse. My last relapse was a year ago, October. And I, it was like a day and a half relapse on with drinking. Mm -hmm. And I basically ruined my, you know, I, it blew up in my face. I mean, it was really for a very short period of time. It was really bad. And the thing I wanted to do more than anything was just sit and wallow in it and just be like, I suck and I'm not worth it. And I, 
can't even stay sober and I, you know, can't do anything right for me, blah, blah, blah. And within like a day and a half, I was out looking for new jobs. I was, you know, connecting, reconnecting with Paul, um, reconnecting with, you know, my aftercare groups. And, and so I came back a lot stronger and I'm not saying I couldn't be where I am now without the relapse. I think I could have gotten there, but it put me, because I decided to frame it correctly and not not hold on to that shame for too long, it actually pushed me in a direction of changing my career mm-hmm. and making relational changes and that. So I'm not saying necessarily I'm grateful for the relapse, but I'm grateful for how I chose to take it and what I chose to do with it, if that makes sense, you know? Well, and I, 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 that's beautifully said, Sarah. And I, I think this comes to a point of to, do, do those events um, bring the opportunity for me to be humble? Yes. Yeah. That's do a good I, way to put it. Do I, do I accept that, you know, this is a time to, to be humble and, 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 and you use the word gratitude and that, that comes into this. But humbleness is just is is also being willing to accept that hey i fuck up i make mistakes mm-hmm. and that that doesn't d- determine my value uh, it all it deter- if i if i'm being completely or not that shit i i, I went to that stereotype if i'm if i'm being honest um the idea of be, being human is uh embracing my humanness, which by all, by everything I've known as long as I've been breathing, is that I learn, but the opportunity is always to learn from mistakes so they don't get repeated over and over again. Um, even though it doesn't mean I, I won't fall into the, the same pile of shit that I, yeah. I had, you know, before. Right. And when and where that happens what are you going to do with it? And that's, I guess that's the, the benefit if we want to really say that benefit <laughs> or pro of a relapse or lapse is, a, is it's maybe not of the actual relapse or lapse itself. It's what am I going to do with that after? And, Oh no, I'm going to benefit. I'm going, yeah, you're going to go benefit straight. Benefit is that I just yep. have the opportunity and the humbleness just to say, I'm just another bozo on the bus. Touche. 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 All right. You got anything else to add to that, Chatty? No, that uh, was great. Okay. Welcome to your bozoness. All right. Um, New Year's intentions, resolutions, whatever you want to call them. Or... I haven't even thought of that. That <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I like the intentions were that's and so intentions for intentions for the year. Let's let's take that's why I'm not sure resolutions is always the healthiest way to to look at, you know, going into a new year. You know. Um <laughs> so uh, and, and of course New Year's which I, I don't look at I haven't looked at this this for you know, 25, 30 years I'm gonna say, maybe even longer that New Year's was about partying. Um, it's about celebrating it can be but I, I grew up under the the notion or you know 
um, that it was about a party. You know, it's about party. It was just an excuse, like yeah, yeah. It's a dog's birthday. You know, <laughs> it's, it's Thursday. It's, it's Thursday <laughs> afternoon. <laughs> it's New Year's. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so true. So let's let's talk about intentions. What 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 are what are some of yours, if you have any intentions for? 2019, which is, you know, a year that exists because of, you know, that guy, <laughs> that groovy dude, right? <laughs> uh, actually, AD. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going there. <laughs> no, no, no. I didn't, I didn't, I even, I, I didn't I even touch it. No, yeah, no, no, I know, no, I know. No. But I mean, that's why we have 2019. That is, that is true, though, yes. Um, I'm not, but... So we, we can get we get away from all that. I'm gonna, yes, no, I'm we're going to end with something even more fun. But um, okay. but let's talk about intentions for the coming yeah. coming well, new year. Funny because I have been thinking about it a little bit. I don't have anything concrete yet, but just hearing you say the word intention immediately sparks something that I haven't been doing. And now again, speaking of things that I feel like make me just the best me I can be. One thing I was doing that I probably haven't done for a year or more is doing a daily intention. So I think my one of my 2019 intentions is going to go back to doing a daily intention every morning because I loved it. And I actually even had bought a small whiteboard that I kept um, by in, you know in my kitchen, so somewhere mm-hmm. where I saw it every morning. And yeah. I would just write something down, something... It was sometimes it was an intention, sometimes it was an intention plus maybe like a little quote or something that kind of just hit me that day. And it's crazy how it started my day. So um, being so much more mindful, I guess. You talked about, you know, being in the car in the morning and if I'm mindful first thing in the morning, first thing when I think of it, then it kind of sticks with me or kind of pops back up all day. And I feel like doing a daily intention was like that. It just put me in the right frame of mind early on to start the day off. And instead of just going autopilot and Mm -hmm. going through the motions. That just popped in my head. That's going to be one of mine. There we go. Yeah. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. My idea... I always said I wanted to do service when I first got sober. Mm Mm-hmm. And I never delivered on that. But I remember hearing this guy talk about how he used to go to the VA and read to people. And that's really what's been stuck in my mind Mm. is just trying to hold myself accountable and getting my butt through the door and giving some time to other people. I could see you doing that. That's my... Since, you know, my first IOP, I was like, I want to give back, but I always fell back on that idea and I want to hold myself accountable and try to get not try I'm going to do it yeah, you're setting an intention right yeah because if you use the word try it gives you an out yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah and I feel like I'll probably I know I'm going to take something away from that sure. just for a little thing you know an hour of my time so that's what I would like to do this year Beautiful. It's a great intention. That's a great intention. And we'll we'll uh, we'll uh, we'll do this again at the end of next year and uh, uh, see how yeah, big an asshole I, like I am. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> Is it going to humble us? Uh, or? Yeah. Right. Exactly. 
Yeah, the year-end holiday edition mm. of this. So, um... What about you, Paul? Me. My, my, I have a, a few intentions for this year. <clears throat> and one I've, one I've, I've begun, um, and I'm going to, I mean, I've already begun, but I, it's probably the thing that I talk myself out of the most. Um, and it's, is taking care of, um, my body. Uh, I, um, I do not, or I have not been consistent with this. Um, whether it be the practice of hiking, walking, yoga, um, and, uh, this is the, the big one. It's been, it's, Talk about a little embarrassing. It's been 30 years since I've been skiing. So um, my intention is is this season to get back to the slopes. Um, it's been about 20 I have years no good reason. I have, there's not any reason why I haven't, um, except basically fear. And it's not a healthy fear. Um, it's one that I, I put off. And I... I I, 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 I mean, I, I, I get a season pass for $50. There's no reason what? that I should not take advantage of it. Because it's a family oh. yeah, discount. Jeez. And so, I know. And, and, and the idea is, you know, I, I got to a place at a certain point where I just said, well, I'm not a skier anymore. Bullshit. I know. I, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. And so um, I, I started this. I started this so, um, sort of putting this out and, and, and making it true a little while ago. I got ski pants uh, for Christmas. Um, I'm working. The next step is to get boots. I had some of these surgeries done so that I could be able to do this without other injuries. Um, and so my, uh, my intention is... Um, uh, later this winter, early in the spring, to get back to the slopes. But I'm, I'm thinking I want to get five to ten days in, which will be probably a lot for me. And since I worked at a ski resort back in the that's late a lot 70s, for me, man. Yeah, back in the late seventies, I, I worked uh, as a, a snowcat driver at Bogus Basin in Boise um, for a, a winter, and I skied probably. 20 times while I was there, you know, that winter, which is not a lot if you work at a ski resort, though, so. I think that's a great intention. Yeah. I have the same fear. I haven't skied since I was in junior high, and I, it's been about 20 years, and I am just scared shitless of it, and every year I've said, oh, I'll go out this year. It'd be great to get back up on the mountain, and I just, it's, yeah, 100% fear-based. Yeah. I'm not going to say that as my intention right now, because yeah. I feel like I, I'm not, I don't have my heart in it yet, but. I did a, I, your inspiration last time I skied was cross country and and I did, did a lot of that towards the end um, I do want to do that I feel like I'd yeah. be more comfortable doing starting there and and I, I lived in Vermont for a few winters and that was how we got around um, in some mm -hmm. of the areas I lived in and lived in West Woodstock and it <laughs> I look back and think you know that was just part of life you know I mean it was a way to get around um get to people's houses through trails um we lived in a very rural area 
And I, I, I look at it back today. I go look back and go, you know, that just was that was normal. But somewhere along the way, I, I moved away from that, and it's been mainly fear. And I'm, mm-hmm. and so that that fear doesn't feel like it's there anymore. It's now just you know wanting to have my body in a place where I can do this and. So I figured I would say it on here because then there's there's also this idea of holding myself accountable for this. And I'll be uh, sure and ask about it on the next yes. <laughs> round table. Yes, we'll talk about it on the next round table. Anyway, um, that's, uh, that, that's mine. So. That's great. Yeah. Is it fear of injury or is it? Um, it's not injury. It's not hurting myself. It's more, well, I mean, that could be part of it. Um, it was when because of some of the health problems I've had, um, but it's the, just the idea of I think um, not being in my body, you know, not being present and and not feeling safe and secure, you know, in that kind of situation. That's where I think the fear is irrational. It's irrational. Um, it's, it's getting over the the idea of just getting back up and you know and and doing it again. Um, well, what are my limitations on that? And and these are all self-imposed. It's all it's mental. Yeah, it's it's they're mental blocks. Talking of self-deception. <laughs> speaking of self-deception. Yeah. So keeps coming back to that. <laughs> yeah. Good stuff, right? Yeah. yeah. So okay. Um, this one, uh, this next one. Last thing we'll talk about. Um, Thought of a couple ways, and I don't know how I'm going. I may have to edit this down, so we'll we'll see. I mean, this part I'm going to talk about because I didn't tell you guys about it at all. <laughs> so I better write the time down. All right. Favorite holiday song. Huh. <laughs> so I, I I thought about this the other day and um, I kind of noticed that and, and I, I mean I thought it was like going to be a traditional song uh, for myself when I, I thought about this and it was not um, and it in some ways it's not really a holiday song maybe it's a year end song and um, has to do with uh, the seasons I mean we Christmas is really, you know, I mean, it's the Christian orientation of the the, the winter um, solstice, right? Uh, the shortest day of the year, the, the last day, uh, the first day of winter, which is also the shortest day of the year. Um, got, for some groups, it got turned into Christmas, which, understandable, you know, do what you can and good time of year for it. Um, celebration and, and family and, and giving and sharing and um, I think that goes into community too. So, um, my thoughts about that, and, and thoughts about when it comes to music, because music is a big part of this year. I mean, a big part of this this season. So, um, I just want to open it up and see if you guys have any thoughts. Christmas songs. I guess I'm going to go first, so uh, I'll go ahead and take it. Uh, Christmas or holiday songs. Uh, the one I, I picked for this was uh, John Lennon's uh, "Happy Xmas," uh, subtitled "The War Is Over," which I think is one of the most beautiful songs written about the holiday in some ways. Even though um, it has a, a strong message, there's a, there's a strong political message in it too, which 
you know, for, for better or worse, it's, it's politics and religion often get intertwined anyway. Um, but I, I like the notion of sort of taking stock, which is, you know, how has the year been? Um, you know, moving on. You know, what's, what's, what's coming next? And what, what, are, what sort of the theme at, at the end of the, this episode today was, you know, what are my intentions? And I really believe that's one of the things that he speaks to in this song is what, what are our intentions? What do we want to bring over into the new year? Have we taken stock of what we did last year and where do we want to go from here? So that, that's why I think this is a, a powerful song with a, a good holiday message. It <laughs> does. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. That, yeah, that was my... So as you were talking about um, our favorite holiday or Christmas songs, originally that's the first song that started playing in my head, which I just told you. So um, definitely one of my favorites as well. But after sitting and thinking about it, because I just had this conversation with um, the guy I'm dating uh, on Christmas Day this week about what my favorite Christmas song was, and... I think, and it's probably because of nostalgia, which we talked about a lot as well, uh, is I'll Be Home for Christmas, and it would probably be the Bing Crosby version. And from what I can remember, the reasoning behind that being my favorite song is as a kid. So my mom started working for the airlines as a flight attendant when I was three, and she worked there until I was in high school, or was a flight attendant until I was in high school before she retired. And so pretty much all of my, you know, most of my younger years in school and everything was her. She was gone a lot. You know, my, she was home a lot as well and took time, took leaves here when she could. But she, you know, she traveled a ton and was gone a lot. And my dad, uh, you know, it was a great experience for my dad and I to get really close. And we share a special relationship because of that. But... Uh, the, I remember always around the holidays was the big time of, is she going to get to be home? You know, like, is she... And she'd always, I think, be able to usually be home for Christmas Day, but it was always kind of this last minute, like, you know, was she going to... I can't remember what they even called it, but, you know, was she was going to call in and try and... It was kind of on call type thing and try and get Christmas off. And so i don't remember when i was a lot younger but as i started getting a little bit older that was always the thing like how much time around christmas is mom gonna have off right and my my family's from minnesota and so all of my extended family still live there so one of the perks for her working for the airlines was that we got to fly back every christmas and uh you know because we uh, we could go with a family of five for free and that you know made a big difference around the holidays so but it was always, we knew when we were going to go, but was she going to meet us there? Was she going to get in really late on Christmas Eve? You know, like, what all was she going to make it for? And just the whole Bing Crosby, you know, Christmas, you know, at the time, cassette and then CD and whatever else was always playing in our house and playing at my grandparents' house in Minnesota. And it's just, it was always a really good feel for Christmas and that one stuck out to me and the older I got the more I heard that song for what it was you know mm-hmm. you know I'll be home for Christmas you can count on me and please ha- and just kind of that just feel of being a kid and just really having the main thing to me was wanting my whole family to be together you know and just having everyone together because that has always meant and still means the most to me as far as for Christmas and the holiday time of year and so I have to say that one 
strikes this little chord, brings up some emotions in me or something every time it comes on. So nice. Yep, there's there's me. All right, I'm excited for Zach's. Go ahead. Mine's uh, I saw mommy kissing Santa Claus. Aww. I love it. Just because it's a fun song, it's silly, and I love it. That's all. I like I like the tune. Will I like... you sing a little for us now? No, absolutely not. <laughs> but I like all the versions. It doesn't matter. There are a lot of versions yeah. of this. Yeah. Whenever they come on, I, I always catch myself. What's, who does the rock version of that song? I don't know. I, I have heard that before. Yeah, I don't know if it's Bruce. I mean, actually, a lot of bands have, but I'm going to say, well, at least Bruce Springsteen? Yeah. I, I wonder if Rage Against the Machine was the There was one that was really a pretty hardcore, for, yeah. Right. One thing I thought was funny that we talked Maybe about. Maybe that was a Food Fighters song. One thing I thought about the other day was how there's been all this controversy about um, oh, yeah. Santa Baby. Wait, no, not, not that song. What Baby was it? Baby It's Cold Outside. Baby It's Cold Outside, because yeah. that was one of my favorite yeah. songs. And now there's all this controversy of it. you know. And Of course there is. I, there's got to be some controversy. But let's not go into that. But I just wanted to bring up that there is. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, it... it it could be true and it could be misdirected and you know the thing about music and I think it's uh, important is that it's open to interpretation right so you know if that serves someone in some if that serves someone in some way to have an interpretation that Maybe there's some predatorial right. information yeah. going I on in there. I prefer just to take it lighthearted as it is. Now I felt about it, but yeah. eh, but whatever. Yeah. Anyway. All right. All right. Okay, anything else you guys got before we end the show today? I'm good. I'm good? I got. I'm good. You're good. All right. Thank you all for listening. Um, I think I'm off next week, actually. Um, though I will be uh, probably recording something before next weekend. But uh, Happy New Year to everyone out there. And thank you for supporting Just Another Bozo on the Bus. And we will go out as we usually do with a little Joan Osborne. Have a good week. See